Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, JC. Thank you. Glad to be here. Wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. Was that not audio levels? the most amazingly brain-numbingly stupid debate you have ever experienced in your life. I don't use that word stupid, JC. I always use that word ignorant, but I cannot classify that debate as anything but stupid. Uh, it was a train wreck. but Train wreck. I, yeah, I don't... Yeah, I, I, you know, it wasn't any... In my mind, it was no different than any other debate. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, if I, the people, this is a thing that I've noticed with the conversation. So the people apparently were under an illusion that somehow previous debates informed them about things. So I, I don't, I don't get the comparison in that sense. But yeah, that was that was a train wreck. Um, well, I do have to say that the previous debates actually have asked questions. But they're that all crafted. Deal, they are crafted, but not to this extreme. Mm-hmm. Cra- they well, they ask questions to, to elicit responses on issues that are important to people, okay? That are, in, that are based on, and, and generally, okay, generally based on important issues ba- in the presidency, Okay, so yes, they sort yeah, of did. This, I don't recall a lot of those debates, but but I, they have to do with. I'll take your word. They for have it. to do with taxes. They have to do with foreign affairs. I don't think there were any foreign affairs questions. They have to do with. I mean, p- taxes is not a presidential power. We know that, but that's what the people think are, is a presidential power. So they usually have to do with. Basically, here's here's what the difference that I saw. In previous debates, questions were, how does your presidential function, how will, you re- how will you function as a president as to how it affects the people? This presidential debate was not about how, do your pres- how will your operations and presidential functions affect the people, but how... Uh, How are you as uh, I can't even I can't even articulate this. It was so stupid. These questions were based solely on emotional, evotive things like the liberal argument of orange man bad, Biden good. How is Biden good? How is Trump bad? I mean, the actual display of Chris Wallace and his contempt of Donald Trump. And I'm not a Trump sycophant, but you could not ignore the contempt that Chris Wallace had for Donald Trump. And the questions were all written and crafted in such a way to be emotive and loaded. I mean, to the extreme. I even posted on Parlor JC that if this had been a courtroom, I would have never been able to sit down because I would have been constantly standing up and saying, I object, Your Honor. This is leading the witness. These are loaded questions. These are emotive questions. These are not questions in fact. Mm-hmm. 
And this was not anything. And this was over the top. This is more so than the than all the other political debates, which have not been actual political debates, you know, addressing constitutional issues. Because nobody asks the constitutional issues of the president because the power of the president is so small. Can you imagine, J.C., if we actually had a presidential debate where questions were based solely on the power delegated to the president? Could I imagine? How, how long would that be? How long would a presidential debate be if it involved only the delegated powers of the president of the United States? No telling. No, it, it would be very short. You wouldn't need six 90-minute discussions and you wouldn't have two people sc- yelling at each other through a 90-minute debate. I think one of the funniest things that I saw was a post later on Parler uh, to that You that know, in Idaho, described we're the type of community who tends the, to look out for um, debate as two old men yelling at each other over, over coffee or something. So I, I just, the whole thing was so freaking annoying. I don't even know how... Do you want to watch another one? Um, I suppose it has its utility to understand what's going on. So what exactly did you understand? I'm curious. What did you understand from this political debate? Because the only thing that I came away from this debate front was is that that Fox News is now just as bad as every other news channel that Chris Wallace is a political hack that should have been fired by Fox News 30 seconds after the debate was over. Frankly, if I were in charge of Fox News, I would have pulled him off the stage in the middle of the stinking debate. He would have been fired in the middle of what was happening. So I, I want to know what, what, you came, what you came away from on this, because that's the only thing that I took from this. Okay, well, historically, the previous debates that you were referring to <clears throat> all the candidates got the questions, okay? So their camps agree to the questions. They know them beforehand. They get on the stage. They pretend that they're debating. The difference in this debate, the, the camps agreed to the format, but they weren't given the questions. This was on purpose to create chaos. In the previous, the previous debates, it wasn't about chaos. They took a different tact of how they controlled the debate. So all the debates were controlled and scripted, just like this one. And Fox, it's not Fox. Fox doesn't, <laughs> Fox is not in charge here. Uh, there's no news agency that runs any of these debates. They're higher powers behind this. And so they're all orchestrated. This was but orchestrated. Chris Wallace this was wrote orchestrated. the questions, right? Correct. So there Correct. is some they, they control used, there. They used him yes. to create chaos. But by the very nature of when you compare the previous debates to the to the candidates know the questions beforehand, agree on the questions beforehand, then get up there and pretend like it's the first time they've heard them. Um, it, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's going to no obviously doubt. it's going to obviously no be more controlled. Yes, because they're prepared. This was on purpose, on purpose, not the questions were not known beforehand because the intent of this debate was to create this drama, chaos, exactly. knockdown, drag out, uh, you know, cage match. Which is why the questions were crafted. That's why the questions were crafted as they were to be emotive, to be well, leading and loaded. To create chaos, but because. 
the the people that want Biden that that want the power back do not have faith in Joe Biden as a candidate. So they have to craft this in such a way because if you just so if you go into the old fat format, you give both can, uh, camps the questions, then they prepare and Trump eats his lunch. Trump mm-hmm. destroys Biden, okay? In this case, you don't give them preparation and you, as you say, craft these gotcha questions and, and questions that are trying to stir them up and, and get them heated. Then you've created chaos and you, you, you sort of lean into Trump's nature of, you know, I'm not going to put up with this. So Biden says some lie. Trump, Trump's not going to wait patiently Mm-mm. until he's done and then Chris Wallace not actually give him a chance to respond, which happens several times. Trump jumps in and right then he's lying and tries to combat what he's saying, not just going to let the guy stand there and spew, spew, spew. And so they know that and, and then they know it'll just spiral out of control. So that was the point of this whole debate. All debates are theater. They always have been. This is theater. You don't learn you don't learn things uh, from debates that you don't already know. Uh, voters are inherently ignorant and they vote on style, not substance. So that's the, the debates are all about the show. So, so what did you learn com- from this debate? You, I, I just said b- debates are not intended to teach you anything. What you but, what okay, you so learn is what about you how what you learn is what the intent of this particular debate right. was by those who controlled it. So what people to need create to understand chaos. is this was this was orchestrated chaos because they don't trust Biden to stand on his own. So they have to create a scenario the best they can with the questions and the tone of the debate are directed to to take Donald Trump down and to lift up Joe Biden. So that was the whole point. It's not a, it's not about substance. It's not that you learn something about their policies, learn something about the candidates. What you will learn about is what the intent and methodology of the people controlling these debates are. What is their message? How are they getting that out? How are they accomplishing their purposes? That's what you learn from this debate. And you have to know kind of previous history. If you understand that previous debates, they're given the questions, it's all prepared, they're all ready. That's going to lend itself to a more, you know, let's say congenial, controlled type atmosphere. You don't give them the questions. They don't know what's coming. And, you know, you get that stuff like Wallace... Uh, uh, apologize for white supremacy. You know, he doesn't demand uh, Joe Biden apologize for Antifa, even though it's Antifa that's burning down cities. So you you get this kind of emotional scenario. You stir it all up. And and that's the whole point. It's a set. What was crazy was Wallace was actually a participant in the debate. Yeah. Wallace actually. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and watch some older debates. But this this one was just simply over. The top. It, it, was, it was over the top. This is out, and that's be- out of control. That's but that's because the purpose. Of the, but because of the chaotic nature. See uh-huh. what you're. So when you look back, you, you're thinking about the past debates. Okay, all of them were biased. Their bias was always obvious. Yeah. It was just not always this extreme because you create a, a a chaotic scenario. Wallace actually got drawn into the chaos and emotion himself. So he Man. exposed himself yes. more than the typical moderator would. So his bias was just just glaring. Whereas previously, I mean, anybody with half a brain sees the bias, 
but it's a lot more controlled. So Wallace wrote the questions. Mm-hmm. Wallace del- cond- was, quote unquote, the moderator in which he would ask, because in a debate, the debate, a debate is set up where you ask a question and then both people answer the same question. Mm-hmm. There were at least four times when Wallace asked Biden a question and never let Trump respond. There were, again, as you mentioned before, there was a complete ignoring of the fact that Biden kept interrupting Trump. But there was an an, hyperbolic kind of exaggeration of when Trump interrupted Biden. Wallace even gave uh, Biden points in the question. So he would say, yeah, you know, and and your your administration did a such better job at this and and about the job creation. There are more jobs. In the in the the end of, of this administration, then the first three years and Biden didn't even know that. And then in the midst of his answer, he's basically like, yeah, what what you said. So so Wallace is actually offering him talking points. Do people know that they actually had earpieces in their ears where they could hear? I mean, it was supposed to be something that that was like um, a, a uh, uh, speaker in their ear so they could hear Wallace better if you know, in the crowd in that, but, but the crowd, he told, right? There was no crowd yeah. and he told whatever was there to be silent. So it what were they was, supposed to hear? it was actually leaked that the Biden team refused to allow the speaker in Biden's ear to be inspected by the, the debate team before it happened. And so, you know, I mean, given and you, you can take that however way you want and just dismiss it. But the point is, they didn't trust Biden up there. So no. I don't believe that. No, they don't. That that somebody was not in Biden's ear talking to him the whole time and telling him what to answer, negating the whole fact that they weren't given the questions to begin with. But I do agree with Neil Cavuto on one thing, because we watched Cavuto after Cavuto was absolutely right when he said that Donald Trump should have let Biden just talk. Mm -hmm. The best debate strategy at this point for Donald Trump is to say nothing at all and to let Biden talk. Yeah, to say... Because Biden... Right. When the more time he has to talk, Mm -hmm. the more mistake, more he buries himself. No, he... And he was kind of stumbling. You notice throughout... Many of the responses, he he was sort of fading and he would get tripped up. And there were several sort of rambling things. I, it took me a while to even know what he was saying. Um, so you saw that. But then it was almost like Donald Trump would bail him out. He kind yeah. of bailed him out yeah. by interrupting and talking. It was interesting. Just, just let the guy w- ramble on and... <laughs> Lose it. It is interesting that Biden actually came out and affirmatively negated several platforms posted on his presidential yeah. website. I mean, not just simply, you know, ebbed and flowed or or equivocated or whatever, but actually came out and denied. For example, yeah. he flat out said, I do not. I mean, these are where I do not a support. The Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. But his website actually says the Green New Deal is an essential part of this presidential platform. Right. Which was very interesting. But I was very, I, I want to say upset. I, I was 
just stunned in the forehead when Kennedy and the the other Fox people came out and said, um, oh, poor Chris Wallace. No, Chris Wallace wrote these questions with a purpose. You, as you said, we identified the entire purpose of the setup of this thing as being chaos. Mm-hmm. He actually wrote those questions to fuel that chaos. You believe that? Yeah. Do you believe, he he was re- he wrote those questions to fuel that chaos. He wrote those questions and conducted that debate to to draw upon Donald Trump's bombastic personality. Right. So there's no poor Chris Wallace in there. No. And the fact no, said, that Fox News reporters would come on like Kennedy and say, "Oh, poor Chris," and she was not being sarcastic. Oh, poor Chris Wallace. There's probably not enough alcohol out there for him to recover from that. And so I don't know. I'm just I'm the whole thing angered me, not because I expect anything better because I know what we're dealing with. But it angers me, J.C., because there is always the potential to do the right thing. And not only did they ignore the potential to do the right thing, they completely made a mockery of the right thing. And that's what angers me. I guess that's where I get that whole Chris Ann Hall is a purist and ideologist kind of thing because I just want people to do the right. Idealist, yeah. I want people to do the right thing. And I always give people the opportunity to do the right thing. And when they choose not to with such fervor, I just want to slap people in the face. Yeah, I I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I guess I'm the cynic. Uh, we know that. I don't so know how you I, can. I, I don't I am have idealistic. those expectations. I, I am idealistic with cynicism. I, I, I hope it will happen. I don't believe it will happen. But nonetheless, when it doesn't happen, I get angry just because yeah. I, I get angry because I love our 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 america i get angry because i love our constitution i get angry because i know what was established as america is so amazing and we the people allow these politicians to absolutely get away with with the murder of the american way of life yeah i think it went exactly and the media the murder this was an execution of the american way of life I thought it went exactly as expected. Um, I, I mean, I think I could have sat you down the day amused, before and though, wrote the script. Yeah, but you, you have to admit that it was, or let me ask you this, do you admit that it was over the top as to what you may have expected? No, I expected it to be over the top. I mean, we, this is, everything is extreme where we are now. Uh, I, I really, I, I, and maybe people don't grasp this, I really don't. I don't know if people understand, but I, I, I bet I think they do, that the Democrat Party has zero confidence in Joe Biden yeah, as, that as, has a, to be. as a winning candidate, particularly in a debate scenario. So this was crafted based upon their lack of confidence in Joe Biden. Now, I do have to admit, J.C., I was rather surprised at how well Biden composed himself. I mean, he only called. Because they trained him to do that. They, they it, only he only called him a clown once. I don't think he threatened to actually 
get into a push-up contest or punch him in he the came, face. He so. came close. You're messing with the wrong guy, wrong day, yeah. wrong time, you know, wrong place, wrong time. He was kind of going into that realm of, you know, come over here, I'm going to kick your butt kind of thing. But they, but he was coached. I, like, they coached him to do that. Mm-hmm. You saw him looking at the camera and speaking to Scranton. Um, you know, so he was prepared. He was prepared for this scenario, mm-hmm. right? They, he knew what they were going to try to do. Uh and even that, in light of that, I don't think he did a good job at composing himself because yeah. he should have he should have known this was going to happen. But then you can say the same thing for Trump. The Trump campaign got fixated uh, on trying to uh, make Joe Biden angry and, you know, all that sort of stuff, because there was this whole thing going into the the the, the mantra was first. First 30 minutes, first 30 minutes, and you're going to make make uh, Biden go off and yeah. lose his temper yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And I think that they were so focused on that. That was and so convinced strategy that that was going to going to happen, um, that it didn't happen. And, and again, the, the American electorate are idiots. And when they look at debates based on form, not substance. So if you can make Trump look like a bully, that's all that's going to matter to the so-called moderates and independents, which are the dumbest voters in America. You know, JC, I I did a little research on Joe Biden. I found some very interesting things about him that I didn't know. Do you know that, I mean, people know that Joe Biden's never really had a real job. Mm -hmm. But Joe Biden actually became senator only three years after he graduated law school. Mm -hmm. So the only thing he did between law school and become a senator was clerk. Yeah. For the Senate to set up for his to set up for his career. Now, in his biography, which is called um, his biography is called Promises to Keep. Okay, in his biography, says he knows from a young age. They said from a young age, Biden said, I will be a I will be in Congress and I will be president of the United States. His whole life was was shooting for this. Right. But what I found interesting was Biden was actually found guilty of plagiarizing uh, five pages of a document in law school. Uh, he failed that class because of that. And his expl- explanation was, I didn't mean to plagiarize five pages. I wasn't clear on what the citation rules were. Um, I don't know how you get all the way that far in education and not realize to completely copy five pages of a document is, is plagiarism plagiarizing something but nonetheless mm-hmm. now the most interesting thing that i found out in biden's biography uh promises to keep you know his his wife and his daughter were killed in a traffic accident his first wife and his daughter were killed in a, a traffic accident he said and i quote i liked to walk around seedy neighborhoods at night when i thought there was a better chance of finding a fight I had not known I was capable of such rage, and I felt God had played a horrible trick on me. Biden used to go to the projects by his own admission, used to go to the projects and pick fights with people. (laughs) I mean, this is the kind of guy he is. And I just thought that was an interesting insight. He's he's still a brawler like that. And I mean, a physical Mm -hmm. brawler. That's why you see him talking to people like, you know, I can take you. I could take you. Let's go outside, kind of thing. Yeah, because he wants that Which, physical know, fight. That doesn't bother. That part doesn't bother me. But um, 
you know, at at this at this stage, at this stage in his career, <clears throat> he's he's not a formidable candidate, and so that's why the whole machine has to be doing what it's doing. Well, obviously, Trump's team needs to have a different strategy in the future. Yeah, and I, I would say. It's almost as if they underestimated not Biden. They underestimated his controllers. The the um, what would you call it? The the establishment around him, all the the deep state around him, including the media and, and everyone else. Can you imagine, Joe? If you don't stick to the plan, we're going to shoot you in the face. If you, Joe, if you don't stick to the plan, you're going to have an accident on your treadmill in the bathroom. Right. Right. You're gonna have an accident in the treadmill on the bath in the bathroom. Yeah, who knows how far that that goes? I I I suspect he's. I mean, he's just. In my opinion, he's just a stooge. And yeah. they do what they do. They don't need his input or consent. They just need. I mean, they don't really need anything from him. He's gonna do what they say. So my my thought is, if anybody ever watching that debate walks away from this debate thinking number one that fox news is fair and balanced that number two fox news is a a unbiased news source mm. uh I, I i have no way to help you there, there is no help for you if you still think that and i, I came across this article i think you actually found it because i found it in our search history these are the most and least biased news outlets in the u.s according to americans did you read this Go ahead. No, I'm just saying the least biased news outlets, according to this survey. I try not to remind myself <laughs> or give myself <laughs> reminders of the condition of the American electorate. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I want to know as little about the American people as possible. PBS and uh, the AP were ranked as the least biased outlets while Fox News and Breitbart News tied for being perceived as the most biased mm -hmm. now you have to understand that this uh, these polls are crafted like those sure. uh, debate questions they are crafted to elicit a certain response they which are. is why CNN is not in tied with Fox News as the top right mm -hmm. So what you have is Breitbart and Fox News tied because they're this perceived right side of the news channel. Mm. But that's not surprising given how this survey was done. But for me, I was just I was just I guess not stunned. I wouldn't call it stunned, but just confirmation of how little understanding the American people have on the the purpose of news to say that, guess what, uh, NPR and AP are the least biased. If that's the bottom, ah, you know what? It Maybe it is in the wording least biased, because they're not saying they're not biased. Correct. So least biased. And I don't think that I would give that to them either. There's a video from an event that happened in uh, Moscow, Idaho, we t I sort of we sort of alluded it to last class, but a uh, class. Listen to me, last show. But I wanted to show this video because of again the media thing. 
And the way this reporter, his name is Brian Holmes. He's with, guess what? Associated Press. And I wanted everybody to see uh, how this particular reporter handles a protest by Christians. Okay? Mm. So here we go. Sorry. Three people in handcuffs and two others were handed citations for not wearing a mask. The first of its kind that we have heard about in the state of Idaho. Moscow has a mask mandate, one of the few cities in Idaho that does, and they've had it since July 1st. Now, let me just mention, we actually know people who live in Moscow, right? There have been no COVID deaths in Moscow, period. So this is part of the discontent of the people in Moscow with this mask mandate. Now, listen to the tone of this guy. Same as it is in Boise, it says if you can't be more than six feet apart from people not in your household, either inside or outside, you have to wear a mask. On Monday, Moscow City Council extended that mask order to January 5th. Members of Christ Church decided they have had enough of it and put together a protest slash psalm sing where they would gather in the City Hall parking lot Wednesday and, well, sing. The pastor who organized the event told us they're wanting to make a statement that they're ready to return to normal in Moscow. This time, close to 200 people showed up. The city was ready. They opened up the parking lot, even marking out six feet of uh, sections out on the ground by, with paint. But not everybody kept in their space, and that's when the police moved in. So the whole thing, the whole, and, and maybe, maybe I'm just oversensitive about this, but the whole way he's delivering this is, number one, you can't miss the fact that he's absolutely pro-mask. Okay, you can't miss that fact. You also can't miss the fact that he is pro-city government. He says, and the city was ready. You know, we're going to, to take this, this sing, this protest disguised as a sing, and uh, we're going to have the city ready uh, to, to handle these people. And that's, that's sort of the, the subtlety of the media that I see today and the bias that is being fed into the minds of the people through the way these reporters report news. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we, we have to become abundantly aware that this stuff is so slick and so deceptive. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that ties back to the education. I mean, this goes so, so deep. Because the subtlety of language is one of the key key ways that people are deceived and manipulated. And you look back at, I mean, you go all the way back to John Dewey days. I mean, you you done research on this. Mm -hmm. You have a blog on this. The stolen uh, stolen history, stolen stolen education, education stolen children, stolen future right. at chrisannhall dot com. So you have that on the site. You know, you it goes back even before the nineteen hundreds. And you look at the reading system mm -hmm. as in, in the American education system, which was uh, for brought from debt for deaf kids. So there was a, a curriculum for deaf kids. Right. Right. And right. the look, say method. And then see, that's where you're the expert on <clears throat> this, that whole thing of but transforming see, the American education system in such subtle tweaks and ways. Yeah. So my point is to, to try to be as succinct as possible. You we build an education system where people don't they can't read. They can't understand language. You make the teaching of English and the language so, mm -hmm. you know, you do it in such a way that to turn kids off and you never teach them. Right. So people, people can't comprehend these things. And you think about 
and and then you know then you throw in the idea of telling them what to think and the right. whole education system never teaches them how to think just what to think and as an example we were talking about this earlier example in the in the debates where biden said one out of every thousand black americans has died from covid the way the subtlety of language there, the way that is phrased builds a picture in people's mind it emotes a reaction because when you hear it that way it's, it sounds very very ominous right mm -hmm. I, and i think the average mind goes into thinking millions hundreds of thousands but then and and when you then when you hear 200,000 have died and, and then at the same time he says one in every thousand it it almost sets up a sort of this contradiction like wait a minute because that that number the actual number sounds smaller than what what is concocted in your mind yeah so so nobody nobody sort of stops and thinks about that and then you know if you're a thinker you'd go do the math right so 41 million black americans in uh in america so one in 1000 would be 41,000 so right. if he had said 41,000, somewhere around 40,000 African-Americans have died. It wouldn't sound as ominous, right? Because right. then, of course, you'd be thinking, oh, well, that means if there's 200,000, 160,000 have died who are not black Americans. And you don't get that same idea. Oh, my gosh, we have an emergency in the black community. It's targeting the black community specifically. And all these sort of stories that are mm -hmm. that are going around. Because around one that. in a thousand seems huge. One in a and he said one in a thousand, one, one of every, one in a thousand of every black American. He said it some, yeah. some way. There was a particular way he said right, it. Right, exactly. And it's just that subtlety Because that was my first remark. My first response was there not even been that many people died. Because it sa initially sounds, it sounds like a big number. But in yeah. actuality, it's it relatively not. Yes. Right? Yes. So if you just said. Funny how that delivery does that. No, right. And if you just said plainly the number 41,000. Okay, relative to what's going on, it doesn't sound like a lot. Right. But the same number, right? It could be, and and if you did the math, you know, those are exact same figures, right? But said in different ways. Right. So if you said one in every thousand Black Americans dying, that, it's like, oh my gosh, and you you feel like, wow, that's a that's a big problem. And I don't think you'd get that same thing if he said forty-one thousand Black Americans have died, right? Right. Both saying the same thing. Yeah. So it's that subtlety of language, and. People are not thinkers. Well, because if you so say 41,000, it feels small knowing there are 200, 200 plus thousand. Oh, 300 yeah. million yeah. people in America. Correct. Right? So that yeah. sounds really small. Yep. So if you say it factually, then you get you get the perception is a sm well, is they, they completely opposite the effect. Thing. But that's the thing. They both, they, they both may be factual. Yes. They both may be true. You can say... Something that is true. The glass is half empty or but the glass is exactly, half full. Exactly, but if you j both those things are true, but you say it in a, d a different way. Right. And it carries a different emotional impact. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's how people are manipulated by the subtlety of language. It's just, just like the thing with, uh, with, with, with the white supremacy thing. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, in fact, fact let's, let's talk about the, the other thing they mentioned um, Chris Wallace mentioned uh, s what he used the term sensitivity training. And yes. Mr. President, yes. you removed sensitivity, sensitivity training. training. Okay, so he's he's chosen this word, which anybody, you know, you'd have that feeling. Now, people mm -hmm. who have been through any kind of sensitivity training, you, you normally realize it's 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 crap, right? Yeah. You kind of know oh that. Oh my goodness, that stuff was but, shoved down our throats yeah, but in if, the military. But if you had, if you haven't, 
then that might sound reasonable to the average person. So then what a horrible person of getting rid of sensitivity training, particularly when it's, and it's trying to end racism. So you have to ask yourself, did Chris Wallace, does he not know the content of the white fragility curriculum? And notice he didn't use the term white fragility, which is which is the source of the yes. teaching. Right. Because then anybody could look it up. If you search sensitivity training, you're not going to find this. Right. But anybody could look up white fragility and begin to read what that teaches. Right. And come to the conclusion. Oh, my gosh. This sounds like almost the Nazis. And and, and then be thinking, I'm glad the president got rid of that. I mean, this is some this is a training that will eventually the, the end of that road is the absolute tearing apart of America. Mm-hmm. This is laying the foundation for the absolute genocide in the streets, civil war, bloody confrontations. Right. That's what that's what the white fragility training does. You need to Google that term. But notice how Wallace search, search engine that term yes. white fragility. You've t- talked about this. I have, We've but notice how he crafted the, the language, yes. right, to hide the reality of it. So either he doesn't know what he's talking about, or if he, he does know, and he and he's framing it that way on purpose and attacking the president for getting rid of it then you have just discovered that this man is is uh of the most vile ilk in this country okay. to support something like that Think but your average in. but again your average person on the street they understand it as sensitivity training mm-hmm. i suspect eight out of ten americans have never actually listened to the content of that training, nor have they researched the book and the teachings based on uh, white fragility. Right, exactly. Ro- Robin uh, D'Angelo. Well, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, again, because I'm still, I'm, I'm kicked out of Twitter. I'm not coming back on. There's no way. Uh, and I haven't found sure. a way to get back on because it's attached to your phone number. So if I have to get a new account, I need to get a new phone number. I'm not doing that for Twitter. That's not happening. So, but on Parler, somebody posted that the, that, for Chris Wallace, the debate was a a uh, employment interview for CNN. Yeah. Which, Swear- seriously, I'm telling you, Fox News needs to fire Chris Wallace yesterday at 11:02 p.m. Yeah, that it's would have done. As I said, that would have to assume that Fox doesn't support that agenda. Well, but I think the fact if they don't fire him should show that Fox supports that agenda. Correct. That would be that would be the only conclusion you could come to if Fox if if Chris Wallace is still working for Fox News today, then you must conclude that Fox News supports this agenda. Yeah, it was embarrassing just from a journalistic it was. perspective. It was. It was one of the embarrassing. one of the worst. I think one of the most unprofessional moments that I have experienced in journalism. And this is not I mean, you don't have to be pro or for either one of them to see the blatant, overt, over-the-top bias from the moderator. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just it was just out of control. I mean, no. you could still criticize Trump for many things and, oh, yeah. and whatever you might not agree with him on, but if you're going to be a moderator, then you, then you, you know, the idea is you're you you are not part as of the debate as possible. But you in in the in the very least, you are not part of the debate right and he was he was conclusively part of that absolutely absolutely you don't you don't give one candidate talking points you know and and then 
allow the one participant to answer, and then when the other one tries to respond, he did this at least a half a dozen times that I recall. We're done with that question. We're going to move on. Yeah. When Trump tried to respond to something that uh, that Biden Biden lied about several things, and uh, Chris Wallace actually promoted several lies that that Biden told. Uh, it was unbelievable. So Biden denied saying various things that he said. D- Biden denied supporting various things that are part of his website. And there were many, many, many things like that. And um, uh, Wallace never confronted him, never challenged him. And they both interrupted one another. And maybe Trump Trump possibly interrupted Biden more. Yeah. But the... But that what was, was part telling, of the design. What was telling was the reaction where that I I count hardly any times that that uh, Wallace stopped Biden from interrupting. Biden would interrupt. I remember when 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 we sort of mentioned mm-hmm. it, I said, man, he's not he's not challenging him. And then right when I said that Biden interrupted three consecutive times. And this was following uh, Wallace's dress down of President Trump. And then Biden interrupted Three separate times in succession, mm-hmm. there was silence on the part of Wallace. And because you said this, it was actually Trump's turn. He mm-hmm. had given the floor to Trump. And then Biden, Biden interrupted three times. Trump began to respond. Biden took over the floor. Trump tried to answer back and Wallace stopped him and You're shut him up. They, do you know, J.C.? You're interrupting I, Biden during your turn. Yeah. And I didn't mean say anything to him when he interrupted you during so this let your me, turn. Let me do this was, real quick. Let me surreal. show. Let me show people here what's going on. So I am, uh, like I mentioned, I am on parlor now, right? And so when we have presidential, presidential debates, I would live, uh, live stream sort of tweet my responses on mm-hmm. Twitter. But instead, I'm not on Twitter. I did it on parlor this time, right? And so you'll go through. I actually what I did was uh, let me scroll down here. I did the questions as best as I could keep up. Question number 12, question number 11, question number 10. So starting with question number mm, one, interesting. I gave the question in in not in verbatim, but in sure. in pre in context there and then gave the Biden answer, the Trump answer and occasionally gave my answer as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I remarked, if you look through that kind of thing there, what I remarked at the time was Chris Wallace was so biased that he lost track of whose turn it was. What you described, he actually did at least four times because I was watching. It was a question posed to Donald Trump and Biden interrupted. Trump tried to keep talking. Biden interrupted. Trump tried to keep talking. Biden then Trump like gave up for a second, let Biden talk for a few minutes. And then Trump came back in. And then Wallace said, you're interrupting again and gave the floor to Biden. He stole President Trump's time at least four times. And I believe that was because of he was so biased that he no longer could keep track of whose turn it actually yeah. was. And then that moment where Biden said, can I get 30 seconds back? Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, my goodness. One of the weirdest things that they do, and I know we got to close yeah. here shortly. One of the weirdest things to me is this conflation of President Trump and COVID. It's as if Trump is COVID. Yep. It I is, actually. It is bizarre. I actually, that is actually one of my parlor 
tweets was uh, Donald Trump is not responsible for COVID. It is not the delegated power of the president to uh, uh, it is not a power delegated to the president. Disease control is not a power delegated to any of the federal government. Trump didn't create COVID. It's not job Trump's job to control COVID and and all the things that go on that. I mean, I don't even get that. It was strange. It was just describe a. You know, we had the the fastest growing economy in history and lowest unemployment, this and that. And 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 then Trump's COVID. And from the from the Democratic <laughs> perspective, it's and then Trump went on a murderous, psychopathic rampage, killing people in the streets mm-hmm. and closing down businesses. Like, right. So it's as if there is like there's no such thing as COVID. It's just Trump yep. or or comp- Trump is COVID. It's just a it's wacky. The whole thing is surreal how. Again, not ha- not not the script from these people, but the American people just just sort of nodding and mm-hmm. following along with this completely uh, several completely irrational threads mm-hmm. that run through these arguments. It is it is mind boggling. So th- th- this is uh, just a reminder that if you want to have the education on what the proper role of the federal government with the president is, if you want to educate, actually have an educated understanding on how the office of the president works, please go to libertyfirstuniversity.com and learn about that. Also, uh, on tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the 12th Amendment. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, presidential election if there is a uh, tie in the Electoral College, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you here with us, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.